Welcome to the It Just Works podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Ryan. And we got a special guest today. Go ahead and introduce Eric. We got Eric. And today we're going to be going over EA Play Live 2020. Special event that's usually held in LA, I think. Yes, it's normally held during, uh, it's like a day before E3. Day before E3. So we're going to go ahead and, and cover EA's conference that they put over the interwebs and we're going to we're gonna dissect it, talk about it, and just have fucking fun with it. Currently we are in the process or already are processed as intoxicated. I'm currently sipping on some uh, Johnny Walker and Coke. I don't know what you guys are sipping on. Bruce. Bruce I am sipping on High Noon. Not sponsored. <laughs> Hashtag not a sponsor. Hashtag not a sponsor. Yeah. And I've got some uh, Pet Flicks and Pills by Evans Brewing in Corona. Should be so a sponsor. Local. Shop local, everybody. All right, well, um, yeah, so since we kind of figured out what we're going to talk about today... Let's get right into it. Um, I think we're gonna save we're gonna save the, the the very first thing we saw for save best for last because that is a game that's already out. We already know a few things about it, so we'll go ahead and save that topic for discussion later. But um, you guys, want to talk about the indie games that were shown? Yeah, we can talk about. Uh, damn, I just lost my train of thought. Lost in random. Which is a, it's it's in a dark land called Random. Players take on the role of a little girl who travels with a friendly bipedal die as they battle randomness. The whole game is about being random, and it's got a nice goth-looking art style to it. Kind of looks like Ori, Will of the Wisps, all those games. Definitely, definitely interesting. There's something about the die. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, out of all the indie games, that was the one that uh, kind of took my eye. Uh, I'll probably check that out. You know, I'm not the biggest gamer like you guys, but as a casual gamer, that one definitely is something I want to check out. I would like to clarify, my brother Eric here is our casual gamer correspondent. He's about as newbie as they can get, so his hey. opinion is very important for any of you corporations out there. Ha ha! Brandon, Lost and Random. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you hate it? Did you love um, it? I love it already, and it's not even out yet. I mean, out of the three indie games, I'm impressed with all three of them, but I'm most excited for Lost and Random. Uh, it kind of calls to... It, it reminded me a little of D&D with a bipedal die walking around behind you in inducting all this randomness. It reminds me of the random encounter tables and action checks, etc. in Dungeons and Dragons. So that already got me pretty stoked, plus the gothic... Or not gothic, it's like a really twisted evil world. It almost reminds me of Tim Burton. Um, it's just the setting and the mechanics of it all. It's like it's like having in-game cheats and randomizers in a game. In a game, just like how we were wanting you know, randomizers in Pokemon. So yeah, it was. Uh, that's I'm I'm stoked for that game. Yeah, the whole world as a whole just looks beautiful and expand. Like it looks huge for what they're building, and uh, I'm just really excited to see it. I feel like these indie games aren't getting enough credit for what they presented with us on Thursday. And I'm, I'm glad we're starting with this because, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed with this game. I plan on buying it day one, so hopefully it doesn't get delayed too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's get to Rocket Arena because that looks not fun at all. Oh, my yeah, God. So, <laughs> another another yeah. Team Hero shooter. Uh, okay, so apparently I'm the only one that seems interested, but Rocket Arena is a third-person multiplayer hero shooter. It has players using heroes to blast rockets in several ways in a chaotic arena on current-gen consoles. So I guess it's going to get a next-gen update eventually. But Rocket Arena sports several colorful locales where players will duke it out using nothing but explosives. Wait, I... so you're telling me I could play Fortnite <laughs> with rockets only? Oh that my sounds God. so cool. Sign me That's up. That's the only thing that I thought of was little kids playing Rocket Arena. Sorry, now I'm good. It looks fine. The concept is cool. Mm, I, yeah, I but that's about it for me. Listen, I saw a guy with a dragon on his shoulder, and I said, "You know what? Fucking sign me up." <laughs> was it a dragon tattoo, or was it like a dragon? No, literally it was on literally like a dragon on his shoulder, hmm. like a real green dragon. I was like, "Dude, that looks badass." It was um, a girl with a dragon tattoo. 
Yes. We all know how that went. <laughs> and we're off the rails already, guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, well, with Rocket Arena, I wasn't too crazy impressed. Uh, it's just more hero-based shooting than we've already seen with only one weapon type. I feel like that would get kind of stale. But, I mean, if if it comes out and it proves me wrong in my initial first impressions of it, I'm all good. But for yeah, now, and I'll just do what I do, which is let Ryan get it. I'll be over there, let check it out, and see if I like it, which I probably won't, then I won't have to worry about it. Yeah, I would agree that these hero shooters, these multiplayer-focused shooters are getting kind of stale. They probably could have found a different way to create this game, like maybe with a full-fledged co-op campaign. Just any other way, because the characters, the locales, everything about the game looks great, except the concept of it. So uh, that's pretty much where I stand with that. It's just kind of, it looks great, but we already have so much of this multiplayer hero bullshit. I was kind of hoping they would have done something different, but they did not. So it's a little heartbreaking, but it is what it is. That was one of the indie games, right? Um, Featured on the indie game, there's three of them? Yes. Oh, I and forget. Then, it takes two. Yeah, it takes Correct. two is the third indie game shown by the kind gentleman who made a way out, which is kind of um, it's kind of like a breakout hit. No one expected it to be good because it came from EA, but the gentleman who made it was very dedicated to the game. The co-op was pretty insane. People love the game. It takes two seems to be a co-op follow-up to that game where it's just it's just built meant to be played with your friends your family and just have the best times the world he's creating it looks great uh you know obviously didn't show much of it comes out next year but it caught my interest you know i definitely want to give the game a shot if it has a demo i'm definitely going to play it if there's a trial or something i will be there i don't see it as a day one buy but i'm definitely curious to see how it plays out yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe a day two by after some reviews come out for it. But uh, I like the concept of it. Uh, you know, it, you know, troubled marriage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, you know, the child is stuck in the middle of it. I think it's a nice concept to force those people who seem at just completely different ends to actually come together. And as adults, you know, the kid only wants... As a kid, you only want your parents to love each other, but if that's not the case, might as well make them into voodoo dolls and make them battle the shit out. So I'm looking forward to it, but I'm going to see how it actually plays out in uh, in practice. Right. Yeah, me, the casual gamer over here. I didn't even remember that part. I remember <laughs> the name. <laughs> Fucking pleb. Yeah, whatever. Takes two. Takes one to remember. Exactly. So one of the next things, uh, you know, we're just going to get through because it is a part of the event is Titanfall 2 and a bunch of other EA games will be coming to Steam later in the year. So EA is definitely making a push to get rid of their shitty service, EA Origin, and just let people play their favorite games on the platform they want on PC, which is incredible, especially since they're going to be trying to implementing uh, crossplay. The next thing I want to talk about is Sims 4. Coming to Steam. The day of the event was Thursday. Uh, it's already released. It's already you know it's already out for everyone to buy. The game looks incredible. It's been out for a while, but I haven't played it. I've never even played a Sims, and it's kind of impre- I've never played a Sims, and I was kind of impressed with how much you get to do. Brandon, it seems like you're more of the one who's played it than me and Eric. What are your thoughts on Sims Four? I mean, honestly, aside from of the numerous microtransactions uh, that plague, uh, you know, The Sims. That's for Eric. Oh. I see him rolling his stupid eyes. Anyway, Sims. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, with all the numerous microtransactions that that plagued, you know, the Sim, the latest Sims games with Katy Perry packs and Rockstar packs, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. What? Look it up. I'm that's pretty sure that's a Katy thing. Perry pack. Okay, I'll have to look it up. Fucking includes get bone Katy Perry. I don't know, but anyways, uh, I remember playing Sims one and two, and even SimCity back in the day, like ninety nine, early two thousands, and uh, it literally lets you live a, a second life. Not to the extent that say Animal Crossing, or well, I don't want to say extent, but 
there's different ways you can live out your second life. In Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley, you're manually doing these things, whereas in The Sims, you essentially set up a schedule. And your schedule includes going to work, getting a job, getting an education, um, going to the bathroom, and taking care of your basic needs of your Sims. And it's not even just the one Sim. It's if your Sim has a family, then they can have that family. So definitely the, uh, the portion of EA Play where it had everyone who was able to represent themselves in-game, uh, I feel like that was definitely a smart play by EA. Because we want everyone to feel inclusive, and The Sims is definitely uh, a series that lets you live out your wildest suburban fantasies <laughs> and just live the life that you couldn't live like right now. So I, I might pick it up on Steam if I got the extra cash. It's fun to just kind of lose yourself in every now and then, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it might be something I would check out too. I remember playing The Sims, like you were saying. I don't remember who had it now, but it was back in like ninety nine, two thousand, and uh, I mean, it was kind of cool back then when I was a little younger. So, you know, I mean, it's probably this a lot of the same. <laughs> yeah, just the updated graphics stuff to do. Right. The thing is too right. is like when we were kids playing it. It's, oh, I get to be an adult. Well, shit, I'm an adult now. Right. I've got time and energy to do this again. I'm, I'm an adult now. The last thing I want to do is recreate my life in a video game. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm inspired by Dwight Schrute uh, playing Second Life. <laughs> I just want to so, live my second life like Dwight Schrute. I, I can confirm. it's worth it to even just try. That's true. You might as well try, right? So I can confirm the Sims 3 has a DLC called Katy Perry Sweet Treats. It is real. I don't know so what it is. So you can Orlando Bloom the shit out of her? Oh! Damn. Is that too much? Nah, it's okay. She's, okay. I think she used to be pretty hot. Anyways. Used to be. She's, she's, yeah. So I guess we can talk about everyone's favorite announcement from the event, and that's Skate 4. I played the original Skate when it came out. It was definitely revolutionary in the way you're able to play it i still would rather play tony hawk and that's kind of where i see that announcement yeah that's where i see with that announcement i'd rather play the remasters i already pre-ordered the tony hawk so i'm on that boat for sure i didn't know there was a skate two or three so cool (laughs) skate four (laughs) that's good i hope it's better than skate oh well i mean i played skate the skate one back in the day, and I thought it was crazy how you know it wasn't as outrageous as uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, you know, in terms of doing a uh, Christ Air triple flip back grind for two miles. Okay, okay, keeps you a little more grounded. But you didn't pull off that uh, combo, dog. Uh-oh, that was the point. <laughs> that was the point. That was why we got lost in those games. Yeah, That's exactly. What you guys talk about. These stupid levels that make no sense, but you love them. You created them. I mean, that was the whole point. You know, yeah. that was the greatest thing about Tony Hawk and Skate. Skate was cool because it did bring it to the, you know, it was, it was real. Yeah, it was exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, like I said, Skate 1 was a little was a little rough for me anyway. Yeah, it was rough for me too. And when I think of skateboarding and skating games... You know, the soundtracks in the Tony Hawk games, the the roster of skaters, you know, professional skaters, and just playing the arcade skating games. It's like, the stuff you could do in those games, I can do a Christ Air and do like a, I don't know, I could put cheat codes on and do a Christ Air across the entire map. Like, what? As Darth Maul. As Darth Maul. <laughs> and, and then Bubba, or Django Fett and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. You know, like, or, I'm sorry, yeah, 3. And it's just crazy to do that stuff. So, I personally didn't freak out about skate four like everyone else it's just yeah okay cool yeah and that's what i was getting is like there's the you have i don't want to say divided but you know you have your outrageous tony hawk fans like us that like to do the crazy christ airs and shit and then you have the people who want to keep it's like it's like essentially you have your forza horizons which is more arcade racing and then you have your forza motorsport which is more professional more grounded more realistic and I feel like both, you know, Skate's obviously done really good for the people who want the realism. Because that's the thing now is, video. well, it's always been a thing, is video games want that realism. And Tony Hawk, we can 
just fuck around arcade style. So, I mean, I've never personally been a huge fan of Skate 4, but that's because I was a tiny little baby when I when it came out originally, and I couldn't figure it out. But, I mean, I'm be willing to try it with next-gen hardware. Maybe it'll be a lot more smooth. So, see how that goes. Yeah, I'm I sure just people think are still for it. Of course, there's definitely going to be a huge fan base that's stoked for it because it is because of the fan base that the game is coming out. But I just think with Tony Hawk remakes uh, releasing later this year, that people will, who have never played those games get to see them for the first time ever. I just think that's going to take over whatever hype Skate might have had besides the diehard fans. Yeah, for sure. Think about when you first played 1 and 2, and now it's remastered. Like you said, the same music, which was a really, really big part of it, at least for me. Ryan, I know you've talked about it. Uh, I don't think it's going to compare, especially if it's good. Yeah. Or as good as the originals. Yeah, if we're, if we're playing the originals that have you know more fluid gameplay, obviously it's got better graphics from the trailer. But if it plays exactly the same, but like I said, more fluid, then it's going to be the best skating game ever made. There's no question about it. Absolutely. So I just think that we'll be skate all day. And that's just where I see that. The one thing I thought that was cool with the the skate thing, which they they had brought up, was basically they're doing Skate 4 because the public wants it. So Mm -hmm. even though I'm not in that that group, I I think that's cool. You know, that's the one thing about, you know, movies and music and everything that I like. When they listen to us, the buyer, the consumer, that's cool. But as far as for me, yeah. Well, they kind of speaks to what I meant with the the last episode when I was talking about the PlayStation 5, when there's that type of competitive, uh, you know, part of the industry, it allows people to create better games because there's such an audience for it. So, hey, who knows? Tony Hawk remakes are going to come out. Hopefully they're good. Skate 4 comes out. Hopefully it's good. Now we have skating games back like we used to when we were kids. I mean, all the way till Tony Hawk Project 8, I played those games religiously. Like, Tony Hawk Underground on my GameCube, I played it all the time. And... All of those games are incredible, so I'd be happy to have him back. So it's nice that got him in the garage. He's got him in the garage, everybody. We're actually going to go play them immediately after this. Tomorrow. (laughs) So we can move on to the, I would say, the meaty part of the um, EA Play Live event. Um, We don't need to talk about the sports games. It's the same shit every year. If you like them, good for you, but it's a waste of my time. So we're going to talk about Star Wars Squadrons. Is, is anybody? Oh, I'm sorry. Eric. Did you want to talk about Madden? Do you want to I just wanted that? to say one thing. <laughs> My boy, Lamar Jackson. Oh God, I hate the ball. dude. I'm glad he, they put him on there. That's it. Why? I I heard him like talk. Him. I don't he's think a good, he talks. He's a good player. I just I hate the Ravens. I like that. He, well, I don't hate the Ravens. I'm a Packers fan, but uh, I just like that. Uh, you know, he's doing his thing, dude. It is nice to see him get that spotlight since he's such an incredible player at his age. So good for him. Um, EA sucks. Yeah, get right into it, Ryan. Squadron. Yeah, Star Wars Squadrons. We finally saw a glimpse of gameplay. It wasn't nearly what they tried to promote it out to be. However, Brandon, leading back to our last episode again, it looks like this game is 100% first person. It looks like there is not going to be a third player or a third person option at release. Uh, that sucks. That that honestly really does bum me out. Uh, again, it, it's it's like I said in the last episode. Like they're really going for that immersion, that true cockpit Star Wars dogfighting feel. Uh, even complete with the cute little bobblehead that you, uh, you know, flick. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't wait to unlock my cosmetics bobbleheads. Yeah right. I can't wait to see my shield, my custom shields and skins for my X-wing. As I get decimated. <laughs> in, in yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I get that they want players to be immersed in first person. Hmm. But when I played, once again, Rogue Squadron, uh, Rogue Leader, and Rebel Strike, you were always in third person. Battlefront, you were in third person. Jedi Starfighter, you could do both. So why wouldn't you want other players like us to have that third person? You know, a lot of people out there love the look of the vehicles. Not... Ooh. Who is like, oh man, I really love the cockpit of that X-Wing. I am so excited to just see that. So I I have a huge problem with that. Other than that, everything about the game looks great. The cosmetic shields is still stupid as fuck, but whatever. 
I'm excited for the game still. I did listen to a lot of other shows in the industry and other videos. It seems like almost every single person feels the way we do about the $40 price tag is that the campaign is not going to be long enough. The multiplayer is going to be a barren wasteland, you know, at launch. It's going to rely on content updates to survive. And this is kind of sad. You know, if they needed more time, like another year to release this game, charge us 60 bucks for a full-fledged, you know, uh, space simulating game. Cool. Would have been great. But it's EA, so I feel like they're still going to be cutting corners, and I'm still a little worried about this game. But I'm, I won't lie, I'm excited to play it, even in first person. Yeah. Eric, what do you think about it? Uh, uh, definitely on your guys' end, on your side. I was okay that it was just first person, but it doesn't make sense because you can, oh, let me buy all these skins and not see them. And I'm going to be, oh, I'm going to choose the A-Wing, not even going to know I'm in a different cockpit. Like, they're going to look pretty much the same for the most part. I think I, I, but the footage looked good on the other side. I was interested. It had me a little interested in just even trying to play it, but I, I still feel like Ryan and you, and even you, Brandon had said on the last one, you know, p- personally for me, just like you, Brandon, I'll probably be a little useless because I'm the casual gamer <laughs> and uh, first person is not my thing, but you know, them doing the VR, that actually might be cool if you're doing VR, but not everybody does that. So why would you make the game only have cockpit uh, view? I just would rather see an amass, you know, I want my screen to be visually, I want to see everything. I don't want to just see the cockpit and then three windows and, and try. So, uh, you know, uh, I'll probably check it out after Ryan gets it. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll I- check it out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to add a third-person mode eventually. It definitely won't be there at launch. But the idea that they're focusing on the, uh, you know, the hub, it's going to be a hub before you go into every match. So you're going to be able to see your, uh, you know, your pilot. You're probably going to be able to see your ship. But the fact that they're fo- focusing on that and intro cutscenes before you actually start playing to see your ship is just stupid to me. I just don't get it. But uh, that's it. I mean, it's that's how they want to do it. It's their game. They can do whatever they want. But I got to imagine, like, half of the Star Wars fan base is in our, in our ballpark where they're like, I want to see my X-Wing. I want to see my TIE Fighter. You know, they even showed a little bit of the cosmetics. The TIE Fighter was all red. I'm not going to see any of that in the cockpit. You might yeah. see the nose of the ship, and that's about you it. You might see the nose of the ship. I, you know, they might make your pilot be able to, just like the Forza games, use the right thumbstick to look around. Sure, mm-hmm. that's cool, I guess. That would be actually a good feature, because you have open space on the top of the of the cockpit, and maybe you can see upwards. It'd be cool to have that, that right stick functionality to look around and be aware of your surroundings. What I like most is being situationally aware. And if I can't do that, if I'm laser-focused just forward and of course the instrument panel that's all i see it's gonna be it's gonna be strange i strongly recommend to anybody who's on the fence about this game to go download star wars battlefront 2 the current one and actually put your cockpit into first person or your game into first person mode when you're playing starfighter assault and you'll see it firsthand i mean i tried the game in first person i couldn't stand it and this game is no offense to EA Motive, but it's still Starfighter Assault, just made from the ground up. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, I will say the game mode where you take out the enemy capital ship is incredible because it is exactly a carbon copy game mode from the original Battlefront 2. It is the exact same thing that they had in their space battles. If you took out the two enemy, uh, the, the mini capital ships, whatever they called them, you got like 20 or 30 points in the game mode. It was incredible if you did it. So it's almost the same exact game mode. That does make me very happy. The 5v5 I'm okay with. One of the concerns I saw another YouTuber talk about is that there's no AI on the map. So if you're telling me we're having this massive space battle, but it's just 5 versus 5, it's going to seem pretty empty and boring. Yeah, that I didn't know, and that definitely doesn't sound good to me. I didn't because, know either. Yeah, that's. I that's mean, a, even like playing Halo with you guys online, right? You've got um, any Titanfall two, 
you know, you've got other people, AI. Uh, so if that's really how they go, 5v5, I mean, th- that's definitely empty to me. And now you're searching for people in a cockpit. You can't even see your surroundings like you're talking, Brandon. I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, that's to, that's to be determined. But honestly, I agree. If if there, It'll be 5v5 in this wide, literally the expanse of space. It's going to be huge maps with bounds, of course. It's, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, if, there, if there's only those 5v5s going on, it's going to... Uh, how they balance it out? Again, it's coming out in October. It's kind of hard to tell right now. But um, um, cautiously excited about the game. You know, I'm stoked about the idea of it, etc. But there's some issues that I see right now that I'm hoping they can uh, uh, quell my worries uh, in the coming. Yeah, days. I think I think more time and spending an extra twenty dollars as the consumer for a game that's gonna be a game and 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 be able to play it and that would have been better so i mean we'll see how it goes but like ryan said the game footage they showed was probably not enough but enough to speculate and kind of be a little worried yeah yeah and i feel like the game's going to be extremely unbalanced too because if you look at the short footage they show the interceptors which is the tie interceptor and the a-wing they are flying extremely fast where they can almost do these drift-like maneuvers and completely do a three or 180 and then turn on the enemy fighter. So if I'm flying a, a Y-Wing or a TIE Bomber, what am I going to do about that? I can't constantly have to rely on my four other teammates to survive. And I just, I just think making a game like that is not good. Obviously, we haven't played it, so we don't know if it's going to play like that. But I'm also worried about balance issues. I feel like some ships are just going to be way smarter to go with, and then that's the end-all, be-all. And I hate these multiplayer games where they have to constantly update it and fix it. You know, One of the things you can talk about is Destiny 1, is they always had to update the shotguns because they were like snipers, and then they updated them and they sucked. And those kind of multiplayer games kind of ruin it for me. So as much as I love the idea of this game, I'm, I'm, just, I'm still, even after the gameplay reveal really on the fence about it yeah i mean we'll see how that goes because i i think something that's going to be brought to the star wars you know universes we finally got battlefront 2 to where it should have been at launch took a while but i mean at least we were there uh we have a great single player story in um fallen order i was about to say force unleashed jesus great gameplay (laughs) not good story Uh, huh what i said the best story dude not gonna lie. I mean, one was great. Wasn't good. No, I didn't say that. I said the gameplay of the Force Unleashed one and two were excellent. The story, however, is lacking. Don't do it. Save it for another. Save it for another. We'll okay. Save, we'll Anyways. save that for another time because I can. We got help. plenty. Like you guys always said, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna have a whole. We could do Star, Star Wars, Wars movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do Whatever. Do a whole episode. Movies. Two hours. Yeah, oh, yeah, each trilogy is getting its own episode, and literally yeah, everybody and in the, the world. Games. All the video games will be on their own episode. But, anyways, Brandon, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good, dude. I mean, it's, we're 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 chilling. Um, uh, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> lost my space. I don't. Um, you were talking about Jedi Fallen Order. Um, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. It finally introduced a really good single player experience to the Star Wars universe that we haven't seen in a very long time. So I feel like with Squadrons it's going to bring some more tactical gameplay. It's like how you said about being in a Y-wing and you know having a you know a light a tie interceptor you know basically outrunning you and fucking flipping circles around you. I mean that's going to be like hey, use those callouts and then your teammates going to come and help you out. Well, well if the Y-Wing is anything like Rogue Squadron on the Nintendo 64, <laughs> we're all going to hate it. It's Honestly, it hasn't changed if you go play Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, well, Brandon, I have a question for you then. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you rather this be a more arcade, straight-up, let's-have-fun Star Wars experience and not make it tactical? I mean, honestly, you can't have those elements, but it does kind of seem like they're trying to focus on that tactical side. and I, I just... I mean, we've already said it before, is I wish every game didn't have to be so competitive. Like, why can't we just have fun with it? And I don't know if that's the direction they're trying to go. Is there going to be... I don't know. I'm I'm just... 
Well, well, yes. uh, take take for instance, uh, you know, there's Call of Duty and say Counter Strike, or even in the same category, Rainbow Six. You know, you have those more. Well, Counter Strike is like kind of a happy medium, but Rainbow Six, you definitely have that tactical, you know, teamwork oriented, communication oriented uh, gameplay where you can't just go run and gun. Like say, for instance, in Call of Duty, you know, I can jump around like a goddamn spider monkey and get a tactical nuke and whatever the fuck. Uh, sure. You know, you have your arcade style, and a lot of people are probably going to say this, but you have your arcade style um, gameplay for Star Wars in the form of Battlefront 2 and their Starfighter mode. So this is going to be something, Squadrons is going to be something for the people who want that tactical immersion. So, I mean, in in, 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 in a counter-argument, we already have our arcade our arcade style Star Wars experience in the form of Battlefront. So maybe Squadrons is their delve into, is their turn to delve into um, more tactical style gameplay. So, that, honestly, you make a really good point because that could also be why there's no bots in Star Wars Squadrons. Because if you play Battlefront Two, they have a whole fleet basically. Okay, they made they made it look very like the movies. So yeah, good job, you got me there. <laughs> I, I didn't think about that though. That's a very good point you made, Eric. Star Wars. Yeah, I- you're making all good points, and I hate all of it. <laughs> I the, the tactical, you know, and then like you're saying, a lot of games are being more focused on on competitive. For me, aka the casual gamer, that's not fun, dude. Yeah. So if I buy Squadrons for forty bucks, which is a good price, and I get four to six hours of of a, a, a story mode, whatever, and that's it. And then I hate the online. Well, what's what's the purpose? I spent forty bucks, and I don't want to do anything online. I think that the uh, the online should have. I mean, you're gonna have a whole open space with ten fighters. How, how big can it be, and and how long is that gonna take? Are you gonna get respawns? Is it? Then it becomes a whole different game. I don't know. For me, it doesn't sound any. It doesn't really sound appealing. I'll, I'll go hook up my Nintendo 64 and play Rogue Squadron or my GameCube or something. Yeah. Catch y'all on Battlefront 2? Yeah, exactly. Starfighter Assault? Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's going to be strange how they decide to figure it out. If it's going to be like, you know, respawns, like said, or if it's going to be execution from Gears of War and do like a uh, round based progression. Yeah, like Search and Destroy on Call of Duty. Exactly. So, well, one of the things you said was. That if you want the arcade experience, you already have it on Star Wars Battlefront 2, but you can think about, I mean, this, Eric probably never even heard about this, but Don Madrick, who was the old Phil Spencer, he's the head of Xbox, he said, if you do not want an Xbox One, we already have a product for you. That's the Xbox 360. He said that in the interview. He alienated so much of a fan base with one stupid-ass statement. And it's kind of the same thing with this game, though, if they focus on the competitive esports scene, which you know they're going to do. They did it with (laughs) <laughs> did it. Uh, everybody we are actually recording this on a video as well and my brother just bailed and we couldn't help but laugh because he's like peace and he's back already anyways it's just you know that they're gonna hire a bunch of streamers for this to pimp the game out and it just i don't know man it just sucks there's got to be so many people out there like us who just want to have a ton of fun and not have to take it serious i'm i'm just tired of taking games serious these days like I shouldn't have to play Apex with my brother, and then we go into a lobby, and it's nothing but Apex Predators, people who play every single day. We we can't play every day. We have other things going on in life, or there's just other games to play, too. So it's just, I'm really curious to see how they handle the matchmaking, how they, uh, you know, their verbiage when it comes to the release of the game, how they present themselves. And that's where Star Wars Squ- Squadron lies until we get more information. Maybe we'll get a beta soon. Uh, it does come out October 2nd. There's still a chance for a beta. And those are my final thoughts on stupid-ass Star Wars. I know, because we, we did talk about it quite a lot last episode, and we're talking about it a lot right now. But there's a lot to talk about with the game, because you know Star Wars is very near and dear to all of us. So, I mean, it's... We'll see I if it's going to... Oh, go ahead. It, no, it, it's okay to talk about it. I think you know a lot of people want Star Wars to do good still. You know, yeah. the, the, the new movies suck. So we need we need something to save us, and this is a game that can do that. But it's EA that we're talking about, so I'm still scared. 
That's Very the problem, though. That's the problem is it's near and dear to our hearts, whether we're 32, 28, 50. It doesn't matter. We just want something good. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't see how hard it is. I mean, I don't know, dude. We don't do that work, but I just don't know how hard it is to just put questions out there and ask how the hell you guys want the thing to look, how you want the game to be, what do you want in it, you know? It's not that difficult. Well, apparently, The Last Jedi said it is. Well, Anyways, so... they in the Star Wars episode. They also... I know, I'm going to cut it off right now on the Star Wars. Well, everybody, the Star Wars episodes are coming soon. Give us, like, another week and a half. So Apex Legends showed off the new Legend- Lost Treasures Collection event. It comes with Season 5 of Apex Legends. With it comes a Armed and Dangerous Evolved, which brings several improvements and additions. So you will have the... Uh, evolving uh, body shields, uh, which is stupid. It will bring new cosmetic items and it will drop on June 23rd. So it's a collection event like the Bloodhounds. You can get the new heirloom item for Mirage, a bunch of really cool looking outfits that are fucking 18 bucks for whatever stupid ass reason. And But they did show in the trailer that Apex Legends will be coming to Steam. There will be full-fledged crossplay, and it will also be released on the Nintendo Switch. I don't think that's going to run well, but I'm excited to try it out because I love my Nintendo Switch. They also showed in the trailer that Lifeline will be getting a buff where you can use her tactical ability and the dock drone will actually pick up or revive your teammates while you still fight, which is going to be insane. It's going to completely change the way people play that game. Ranked and social. It made Lifeline just even... like She's already an incredible character, but they really nailed it right there on the head. Unlike Pathfinder, they ruined his ass and decided to make his LB tactical cooldown 35 seconds until you can use it again. I don't know why you would gra- uh, you know, nerf the grapple like that, but yeah. That's a little extreme, not going to lie. It's 20 seconds too long. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, think it used to be 15 seconds. I mean, if they upped it to like 20, 25, you know, yeah, perfect. But 35 is just a huge, just... I don't know. That's, I think that was a little too drastic of a nerf. Because I mean, have you? I mean, we have two. I'm I'm with currently two Pathfinder mains. Like has like it's made it like almost a. I don't want to say I, a usable character, but you're Eric, two ahead. different Pathfinder fans. I am again the casual gamer who picks him randomly, and I thought it was okay until I got into battle where I needed to freaking do that. Ryan, on the other hand, likes to uh, be very aggressive, and for him it doesn't work out. So the 35 is definitely too much. So, Brandon, I'll give you an example. So me, Eric, and one of our friends, I think it was actually just Garrett, uh, you know, we were playing a ranked match, and I was trying to get away. And normally this dude, like, you see the game clips. I'm not saying I'm pro, but you can see me get away like it's nothing, dude. I literally could not escape this team because I was too busy with a goddamn cooldown. And there's nothing about his grapple that like makes him a better character than anybody else besides mm-hmm. the escape uh, aspect. If you get into a hot situation, if you're good with the grapple, guess what? You're out. Because they already nerfed at the uh, from the launch of the game, the, the length that the grapple goes out, they cut it down a little bit so it doesn't shoot out so far. And I thought that was pretty bad too. So you nerf, I don't know. I just don't get it, man. The 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 experience was so bad. I literally stopped playing the game for like a few days. I was just like, what the fuck? So it kind of harpens on what I was talking about earlier, though. Is these multiplayer games? They feel like they have to nerf and buff all the time, and I really don't get it because you know Apex is a bad accuser, or um, you know I would say they're really guilty of it. You know, with all the attachments they add for their guns, like the Disruptor rounds in Season 2, with the Alternator and RE45, it took down shields a lot faster, but it didn't do that much kinetic damage, which is your regular health. And they took it out the next season. They took out Skullpiercer for, like, a few seasons. Uh, Yeah, and it's just... They built such a great game, but they just really fall short on so much, and I just don't understand it. It's like they... They listen to their fans, but not so much. Like, we still don't even have a solo playlist. I don't understand that. And I think that'd be pretty fun 
uh, I think that, that would change, like they always try to do, is change the meta of the game. And, um, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I mean, I get tired of these buffs and then kind of happy about the buffs. Some player, some of the characters need buffs. The nerfs don't need to happen so freaking much. I mean, it's a little over a year old, and it, it gets a little tiring. And that's one of the main games that I play, again, as the casual guy. Uh, but I do like the, the new Mirage buff. I do like the new lifeline uh, that they showed. But the Pathfinder thing is a little... That's just too much, you know. They can. I mean, I, I guess we're just talking about one character right now that could be changed, but I don't know. And then, like Ryan was just talking about, is the, the skull piercer and the disruptor and the hammer point. And they, they're just changing so much every single time. Um, I don't know. It it becomes a lot. Yeah, it's it, definitely a lot when you know there's nerfs and buffs and the meta's constantly changing, but. Uh, that's the thing about what we feel you know a lot of these games are going to be is it's constant content updates as well as balancing issues so say every season you have a new not only character but new you know items to spice up the gameplay you know like disruptor rounds like skull piercers and they test them in-house it's the same for like most any game when like expansions for board games expansions for card games you're going to have some unknown interactions that may make a certain combo particularly devastating and um i think that's just like how gaming is now is like oh constantly uh you know balancing things that are that need to be in check so the meta is constantly changing it's just because we get overpowered items but I feel like those balancing issues, while some are extreme, you know, they have to happen frequently so that way it keeps a somewhat level playing field. But, but ooh, 35 seconds. So, Go ahead. So that's something you just said. A level playing field. I talked about it, uh, you know, a few minutes ago. But the matchmaking in Apex Legends is utter bullshit. If you look at Eric's stats and you look at mine and then the random we get, they are astronomically different, but we're matched with people who are leagues above me and like how is that going to be fun for any of us like we're just trying to drop find our favorite guns do a bunch of dumb shit have fun and it's just in we're always paired with apex predators people who are like diamond master league champion or you know apex predators sorry and it's just like how have they not fixed that yet like brandon if we all three of us play right now there's going to be the craziest tryhards in it and it just mm. It really bothers me. You know, you talk, talked about, you know, the disruptor rounds. They were kind of overpowered when they came out. But that kind of stuff gives newer players an edge, though. Because no matter how good I am, I always found myself getting destroyed by those things. Even if the person I killed after they used them, you can see their card or whatever. And it's like some low-level, terrible stats. But th because they had the add-on to their gun, the attachment, they were able to put up a good fight. And so it kind of gives them an edge too, though. You know, Skull Piercer, for one, if you get a headshot with the longbow, it does 115 damage. It used to do even more, I think. But with the wingman, it's like 101 damage as well right now. So it gives those new players something to really be hopeful for because they're like, oh, cool, I got this. I can really do some serious damage to people because, you know, with purple shields and full health, you only have 200 uh, health points if you look at it like that. So literally two shots, you're down. That's crazy. It should be that way. Obviously, there's people out there who are really good at it and don't miss those shots, but that's why you have a more skill-based matchmaking because these new players won't encounter those players at all. It just won't happen. It's not supposed to happen. And it's just... Why they haven't fixed that bothers me. You know, I, I understand they got to focus on these collection events like the ones we saw on EA Play because it, they make a lot of money off of them. But we can talk about that, too, is that the fact that a skin for my gun, if they call it legendary, is $18. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard, but that game uh, Valerian from uh, you know Riot Games, the people Valorant, that make League yeah. of Legends, one of their skins right now, even, even after they call it a discount for their assault rifle, is $72. And all it is is blue 
with a little bit of red and a logo. It's not shiny. It's not like the legendary skins you get for these collection events on Apex, where it's like a completely different looking design for the gun. It's none of that. It's literally just a paint scheme. And I just think these developers are being a little bit too greedy. You know, no one told them to make Apex Legends a free-to-play game. You know, they could have charged 30 bucks for it, and all of us still would have bought it because it's Respawn, and they know gameplay better than anybody else when it comes to first-person shooters. Like, there's hands down, they are the masters of it. I thought Halo was good. They shit on Halo. They shit on Call of Duty. You know, Titanfall changed everything when it came to FPSs. But the way they update Apex, it's like, oh, cool, you like that? Well, fuck you, we got rid of it. And the fact that we also can't choose King's Canyon as the only map we want to play or just World's Edge after almost a year and a half of being out is fucking ludicrous. Yeah, you're talking two things that would make that game in my mind and probably Ryan's too uh, more enjoyable all, all the time. Every time I log in is a, like he just said, picking the map because if you go online, people want world's edge and world's edge is okay. But King's Canyon is better in my opinion. And the second thing is either a, you do duos or B you do trios. doesn't matter if you do trios, the skill level is just not <laughs> the players and with Ryan having a better skill than myself, because I'm not that good, but <laughs> because of that, you know, but, we get but online. you're not playing it to be good, you know, you're exactly. playing it to have I'm fun. Like, having fun, I enjoy playing it, but that could be fixed. So instead of doing all these nerfs and buffs and pulling these characters and these items and these weapons and all this shit, just fix that and then allow solos, because that would be pretty cool, and then allow the, uh, the choosing of the map. I mean, I, I don't think that's too hard. They're already rotating the map, so what's the difference? Yeah, when I play, when we play on World's Edge, the first thing I think about the second we fly out of the ship is, God, can I just uninstall this game now? And I really hate to sound like a, a whiny bitch about it, but the, the, that map is so terribly designed for a battle royale, I shouldn't have to be forced to play it. The new season came out, uh, season five came out recently, if anyone doesn't know. And for 10 days, they allowed you to play on the brand new King's Canyon. They got rid of Skull Town. They made great changes. They're very good at making changes to the maps. But after that 10 days ended, you're back to a stupid-ass one-hour rotation between the new King's Canyon and World's Edge. So it's like, all right, cool. I just bought your season pass, and you're already making me have, you know... I think, I think we lost Ryan there. I'm pretty sure he just died. He got bombed or something. This is a fantastic oh, dude. screen cap. Edit. This is getting cut, boys. Take a snapshot. Ah! Wait, take a snapshot of me? How? That's retarded. Why would I do that? <gasps> Call layout. Oh my gosh. Sorry, everybody. We seem to be having a uh, Technical difficulties. Yeah, I don't know what the hell oh, just shit. happened. <laughs> wow, dude. Dude. This is back. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. But I shouldn't have to be alienated to play on a certain map, right? I didn't even lose my thought. <laughs> I'm so butthurt about this topic. If anybody ever hears this from Respawn, and it's somewhat soon somehow, fix your shit. Listen to the fan base just a little bit more. I know there's people on your Twitter asking for ridiculous requests. But being able to choose your map, having better skill-based uh, skill based matchmaking, and solos, solo queues, that's really not much to ask for. And if you can't fix that, then you might as well just stop updating your game, because eventually people are going to be tired of it and go play Call of Duty Warzone, a game that's updated on a consistent basis, free to play, and it's extremely good. The amount of content they add to Warzone is honestly incredible. i got to hand it to them. Infinity Ward is killing it. So if you want to beat your competitors, you got to update a little bit faster. They have over 100 people working on Apex Legends now. So I don't really think the whole we have a small team thing really cuts it for this kind of game. They definitely have the resources to update swiftly, update regularly, and they may not be doing that. But I do agree. The game is in desperate need of some uh, skill-based matchmaking. I'm not a huge fan of skill-based matchmaking in some games because that uh, you sacrifice connection-based matchmaking where you 
you know, yeah, you'll be matched up with players of the same skill. However, your connection is going to be absolute shit, and it's going to create a problem. Like skill-based matchmaking in Destiny and Destiny Two was a goddamn nightmare, and it made laggy ass games, and it was just not fun. But in a game like Apex, where you know you have a free-to-play platform that casual gamers as well as semi-professional gamers can get into and enjoy, you're gonna alienate the casual gamers, the people you want to bring into the fold with getting matched up against somebody who's going to clap their cheeks to Tuesday and back. So I'm just, yeah, I agree. Skill, um, skill-based matchmaking needs to be a little bit more efficient in determining all kinds of skill groups in the group. Cause obviously we have a team right here. We have a team of three. Uh, I'm personally a lifeline, lifeline main sometimes. And, um, uh, uh sort of meet- <laughs> just a little bit she's i'm pretty I'm sure, sure i'm reviving you of course you're reviving people you know what ryan and see this is and this is the thing we have we have a semi-professional we have me who's in the middle we have a casual gamer and the <laughs> algorithm should meld us together into against voltron into one into one yes so yeah, I agree. Um, skill-based measuring can definitely use an improvement to, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, and then ranked matches? Don't even get me started on ranked matches. We have people who are making Smurf accounts to, oh, you know, go up against, you know, those lower-level players. Oh yes, I would like to publicly say I am that person. I have to publicly, or I have to. I have to make a Smurf account just to play with my friends so we can yeah. level up on ranked. Well, the that's whole, because I suck. The whole rank system is bullshit. I'm fucking gold in Season 5 right now, and I'm already playing with diamond players and all that. Don't I, I don't know. I can't be that good at the game to where I'm only playing people that are twice, you know, a couple tiers above me. Fix your shit, Respawn. Oh, honestly, speaking of, you know different playing fields and levels etc uh what do you guys think about crossplay with apex legends do you guys feel like we're going to be having some issues you know with pc players versus switch players and the animosity that'll bring so i'm actually really excited for crossplay on apex there's something about having all of these consoles and all these you know all these platforms playing at the same time i think it's gonna be pretty badass I've seen the way people played on PC though. Uh, we're all fucked. <laughs> like even the casual PC players are better than most of our top tier console players. So I'm, I'm I don't know how they're gonna make that work. Me. Yeah, it's you know, like I said at, at the beginning of this, respawn has done it better than anybody. <laughs> fucking great <laughs> Honestly, oh, that's probably the best answer for it in the yarp you know yeah well you know i just wanted to make sure you could hear me dude because i was talking and how long were you talking and we couldn't hear you well no my screen is frozen yeah. i see you guys moving but my screen up at the right top is uh frozen a better internet dude what do you have fuck frontier <laughs> yeah, fuck Frontier, honestly. Yeah, fuck too much for what they're giving me, and then if I quit, if I cancel it right now, and then have like my wife re-up, I would pay like 40 bucks for better internet. Damn. And I've called them about it, and they're like, well... Anyways, we can edit this part out, right? No, we'll just stop talking about it. So, the crossplay, I think it's going to backfire for a lot of console players, because like I said at the beginning of this topic, Respawn nailed first-person gameplay better than anyone else has with titanfall and then of course now with apex so if you're like a casual who's not good at hopping over walls like my brother or getting stuck whoa, on whoa, objects whoa. like brandon that wall you can literally not get over ryan <laughs> unless you're pathfinder I or octane I don't, I don't remember what wall it was <laughs> but it's on world's edge i think crossplay is great but I feel like after a few days, people are going to start demanding for PC to be cut out and it just be consoles, and that's it. I really do feel like with this type of gameplay, 
PC players are just going to dominate everybody. I, I don't see how it's going to be a level playing field. And I also think Apex Legends coming to the Switch is incredible. Uh, you know, that game or that console still needs whatever support it can get. And the fact that we see it getting even more of these titles means that so many, you know, uh, publishers out there want to keep putting brand new games on the Switch. Obviously, it's not brand new to us because we have Xboxes and stuff. But um, Eric's making stupid ass faces right now. Eric was on the right side of my screen. I was on the left yeah, side of my screen. Brandon He's fucking Houdinian. Just... <laughs> I was like, shit, we lost him. <gasps> He's back. Look at my yeah. face glow. Yeah, your face got that, got that glow going on, dude. He's got that glow. So Apex coming to Switch is great. That means more publishers are on board with supporting this console. It's not. It hasn't been confirmed, but the inevitable, hopefully inevitable, Nintendo Switch Pro will come out soon. And they can run games like this with no problem. So we'll see how that goes, but that's, uh, that's pretty much my thing with Apex. Respawn, if you do hear this again, uh, just make Titanfall 3. Just cut the shit. Bring Jack Cooper back for another campaign. That's the reason why they made Apex is to fund Titanfall 3. That's I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I try and fall asleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, crossplay. I mean, they they really made crossplay a huge point of all of EA Live. Uh, not only with Apex, but you know other games that they mentioned. Uh, so, I mean, that's good on them to do. You know, break those barriers because. But when it comes down to it, like we, everybody just wants to play with their friends, you know, and they don't have to worry about like, oh shit, I have an Xbox, but they have PlayStation. I have PlayStation, but they have Xbox. Blah blah blah, fucking blah. Break those barriers. People can buy whatever the fuck they want, and that way, there's no, pro, there's no qualms with you know, playing the games you want to play with your friends. Um, you know, hopefully, the next gen consoles, PS5 and Xbox series x right that's the name of it fuck um the xbox series x um will be able to perform as well as you know a pc can and level that playing field but i mean that's to be seen well as long as the series x works like my xbox currently works and i can sit about six to seven feet away from my tv and still enjoy playing video games we're good (laughs) (laughs) you need to sit so much closer (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm currently two feet from my monitor. Yeah, I sit Probably. so close. I can't. I when I go to his house and we'll I'll play on his Xbox. I just can't do it, dude. I'm like, no wonder why you suck. It was so cute just now. Like, so, okay, so since we're on a video <laughs> call, like Ryan, you like tilted your head to the side. Eric did the same, and it looks like you guys are like leaning on each other's shoulders, and uh, that was adorable. No, other way, other way. Okay, okay, now right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now Eric's just <laughs> alright oh Eric's just dancing now Eric's just fucking Eric's just feeling himself shit I know where I'm going after this when we over dude cause I gotta go upstairs oh damn wait what <gasps> uh. <laughs> I'm gonna use my f- non flashlight. oh that's oh. Uh, that's fine I'm gonna take my bitch out of the closet anyways <laughs> <laughs> Hey, she's right. more faithful than any bitch I've been with, so... Alright, quick before we... Oh, damn, shots fired. Alright, everyone, before we take off, we will be recording a Elder Scrolls episode with a good friend on Wednesday. That will be whatever fucking day it is this next week, I don't know, sorry. And, yeah, that's pretty it's much... the 24th. That's right. the 24th, thank you, Damn Eric. Computer. And it won't be me, so if you guys didn't like me... I don't like Elder Scrolls. So. Yeah, it will be with somebody who's extremely knowledgeable on the franchise, so uh, definitely tune into that if you want to know more about the lore. Yeah, get ready to nerd out. Get ready to nerd out over Elder Scrolls. If you haven't nerded out yet, you're about to nerd the fuck out on If Wednesday. you didn't know how much Todd Howard's a god, you will know on Wednesday. Yeah, it just works. It just works. Todd Howard, more like Todd How Hard. Yeah. Pretty much. So, all right, everyone. It's been the It Just Works podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Brandon. Thank you to And Eric. I'm a special guest. Yeah, thanks to Eric, who just chimed in, you stupid bitch. We're trying to close out and really make him feel included. But no, he just had to chime in. 
Anyways, yes, this has been my brother Eric. You know, thank you for joining us. Thank you for everyone listening, and tune into our Elder Scrolls episode on Wednesday. You know what? Thank you, Ryan, for carrying me through every video game I've ever had in the last ten years. Oh, it's a fucking burden. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll talk about it. That's the love uh, family. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for listening, guys. Y'all are fucking beautiful. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye.